What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down. Hey guys, happy Wednesday. It is Rachel Silver Cohen and Dr. Boca. It's another episode of Unpolished Therapy. We are ditching the couch. We're grabbing the mics. We are breaking down all the wreckage on the corner of Audacity and Advice. Good morning, Dr. Boca. How are you? I'm doing well, Rach. It's good to see you. I feel like I haven't really spoken to you between last week and this week. So it's nice to be back here and hear what you have to say. I know, I know. First of all, I want to apologize in advance, although maybe some of the listeners will appreciate my raspy voice. I Very am sexy. Un- it is a little bit, right? But if, if they actually saw what I look like right now, I can assure you there's no sexiness to be had. I am recouping after two plus years uh, of being able to get away scot-free without COVID. I now have COVID. Go figure. Wow. It's, yeah. it's back with a vengeance here. Lots of people are getting it. And I'm sorry. And to our listeners, I can see Rachel through <laughs> Zoom. And I attest to the fact that this is not her sexiest moment. So no, my but, best look. No, but I'm just so happy that you can still do this. And I'm hoping that you heal quickly and feel better soon because, I mean, looking at you, it just looks miserable. But I know so many people right now who have it. Thank God doing fine. Yeah. But still, you know, dodged the bullet for a very long time. And here it is. I know. And it's crazy too. Maybe this is a little bit of like, and I'm not going to say narcissism. I know we've talked about this a lot. Um, Maybe I'm not a narcissist. Maybe it's just self-absorbed. But I do find as though like all these two plus plus years of COVID this and COVID that, when you yourself don't have it, I guess you hear the stories, you listen to the stories, you absorb the stories, but maybe not to the fullest extent because you can't really identify if Mm -hmm. you've never had it. And now here I am all these years later in bed now with COVID. And it's like, oh my God, like, how did this even happen? And yes, I do want to say, I mean, thank God that it's not nearly as bad as I suppose it could have been with the many, many, many thousands of people who lost their life to COVID. But I'm down for the count. I'm sore. I'm achy. My throat is on fire. And, you know, I kind of pride myself on being someone who doesn't get sick. I take really good care of myself. But when you know your body that well, you also know I could take the test. And of course, I did take the test, but I didn't even need the test. I I knew. Yeah, you know, you know, when you, when, like you said, you know your body. And to go back to your point, look, it is challenging in something like this to have deep empathy when you've never really experienced it. But we do have understanding of all the people that have gone through it that it was not a, a nice virus and it's not something you wanted to get. And we did, you did everything that you could do to protect yourself from it. You know, I haven't had it, which is crazy. And we've talked about this before because I literally lived with three people that had it. And I have never had it. So I'm just waiting. It's bound to happen on this sequence of new COVID that is coming down here just when we thought that it was really behind us and everybody's getting ready for their end of school, summer breaks, all these big mitzvahs are happening, weddings are happening, celebrations are happening. And hopefully this won't get in the way of any of those. I hope not. And first, I, I want to touch on something that you just said, but I do want to say to the listeners out there, just because people have commented over the course of time that some of our descriptions are very colorful, 
I want to just explain what it feels like because again, it never really registered until it happened to me. But you know that feeling of, let's say you go to the gym and you do like a whole lower body workout, most notably like deadlifts, Uh okay? And then you... So now you've done 8,000 deadlifts and your whole lower back is just like on fire, Mm -hmm. okay? Then you come home from the gym, you've done your deadlifts, your back is on fire. Then you go to the bathroom and you're like, oh my God, now I have my period on top of of it, okay? Really? Yes, that's what it feels like. It feels like my whole body literally is menstruating. (laughs) (laughs) And I just like did an insane lower body workout for three hours. I mean, and I'm like Uh, hot and sweaty and clammy and then cold and like my throat hurts. It sounds miserable. And I'm sure all the men who are listening can totally relate to the menstruation. But it does sound like it's hitting all your nerve endings right now, which is so brutal. And I'm so sorry that you are going through that. And if you do need anything, you know, I am just a car ride away and would be happy to bring you um, soup or something. But just Um, rest up, rest up, my friend. I will. And I want... So wait, okay. So you just said two things. One, I'm sure like it's hitting all your nerve endings and there's events and graduations and weddings and all that. And I have to tell you this week, you know, we make plans and God laughs. This is kind of what I want to talk to you about this week. So we are... And and God only knows when this episode will drop, but let's assume that we're getting this out in a timely fashion, which we always like to do. But this coming weekend is my ex-husband's wedding. Okay. <gasps> oh my so goodness. Wow. It's a really big deal. And I kind of thought that what we could talk about is the whole dynamic of a blended family. Yeah. And part of me, like, I feel so great. I mean, maybe it's the IV drip I just had, but like, <laughs> it could be, you know, but that I can say that without any semblance of emotion as it relates to sadness, I Mm -hmm. guess, without any emotion as it relates to getting choked up and crying because, you know, I'm pretty good at getting choked up and crying. And I'm just at this place where it really is the end of one chapter, the beginning of a new chapter. Of course, for my ex-husband, I'm not part of that new chapter, but it feels so amazing to kind of watch that from afar on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. I think also because obviously my children, like this is such a great, amazing, big deal. And I'm just so happy. So coming off of this weekend with COVID and then realizing like, oh my God, is this the worst time this could have happened? Because I want to keep my family healthy and safe. And and by family, I I even mean my ex-husband and my ex-husband's future wife that this is such a big deal that the kids, I don't want them near me. I don't want anything to rock the boat. I want their weekend to go off without a hitch. And I can't imagine, and I'm going to ask you this because I do feel as though we are the poster people, as unpolished as we may be, but the poster people of what a quote-unquote blended family and all of the degrees of separation, no pun intended, looks like, that I wonder in a world where there is bitterness and anger with ex-spouses, mm-hmm. how other people might handle a scenario like this. I mean, my... Oh, my, they would lick their children I so mean, that they got they? COVID. So that they got COVID. Sure. I mean, you there's know, 
so much anger and animosity in so many of the couples that I work with that I know that they literally would do something potentially to sabotage what would be the happiest day of their lives. And one of the things that, you know, at least in my work with couples when they're going through these types of things is identifying that this is not about you. This is about your children. Even if you hate your ex-partner, you share children together and this impacts them. And we are still parents and have to co-parent. And, you know, it speaks to a lot of you and work that I'm sure you and your ex have done and your children have done to find that place of not coming at it from a selfish worldview, but looking at it from through your children's eyes, through your ex's eyes. I mean, you know, the saying always goes that we try to marry somebody who's going to push us to heights that we couldn't achieve on our own. And even if that relationship doesn't work out, Mm -hmm. that was a journey that we collected a lot of wonderful memories and times and children through that has changed the trajectory of our lives. And just because we haven't necessarily found the one and we're maybe on the two or the three, or we're sitting here without anybody, we do have to find that place of gratitude for the journey that we have been on and what we've, what we've done during that time together. And so the fact that you can reach and the fact that you are celebrating this is such a beautiful testament to you and your love for your children and your ability to step outside of yourself and really find that place of joy or if not joy, acceptance of their moving forward. Thank you for saying that. I I really, I, I don't even see it any other way. As a matter of fact, this morning, I had gotten a text message from my soon-to-be, I guess in today's world, like, I don't know if people call them stepmoms or bonus moms or I, I don't know what that looks like my ex-husband, soon-to-be wife. And she said, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I heard you have COVID, but I need your help. You got to help me out this week. The kids have to stay with us. I can't risk anything affecting the weekends. And I was like, oh my God, of of course. right? Not even a question. Kids, love you, but like, you can't be around me. Like, dad's getting married. and, And I would, in a million years, I would never, ever, ever, ever want to even remotely be involved with putting any kind of crimp in that hairdo. Um, And then what was really nice is that we really do have such a nice relationship, I think, me and his soon-to-be wife. Then we sort of just started like shooting the breeze. I'm like, who's signing the ketubah? Are you ready? (laughs) Are you off this week? Because I do want to know. I do care and I want everyone to be happy and I am interested. Now, the one thing I will tell you that I guess I could use your help on a little bit. And as we always say, if I could use the help, maybe other people can too. I don't know if it's mutually exclusive or not to say that while on the one hand, I'm happy and I'm thrilled and I think it's terrific and it has nothing to do with me. The other part that I'm working on in trying to constantly remember that there are certain things that like, it's not my job anymore. Mm. For instance, my kids last week, they need haircuts. Okay, if I was getting married and their hair looked the way that they look, I would be fit to be tied. So I've been saying, you guys, dad's getting married. You you have to get a haircut. When are you getting the haircut? And to this minute, like they haven't had the haircut yet. Then Mm -hmm. I have to realize, Rachel, pull back. Not my problem. I'm not in those pictures. That album isn't going to be sitting in my living room. It's not my role, right? That's number one. Number two, I was all, wait, are you sure you have your suits? What are you wearing? Do you have the right mm-hmm. socks? Like who handled that? Then I realized, guess what? Not, not my problem. Not your not problem. my issue. And I uh, think you're pulling on your natural mom 
mode and we do watch over our children. And what you're teaching them though is, and they've learned this over the last couple of years going between the two households, that they need to be responsible for the things that are relevant in your household at your time and vice versa. And it is not your responsibility. It's lovely if they happen to be with you and there was time for you to go get a haircut and it was something that you guys could do and then go have lunch and it didn't have to necessarily be the haircut for your ex-husband's wedding day. It could just be a haircut. But it's not. If it doesn't work for you or you're sitting here with COVID, it's not your problem. They'll figure it out. One of your kids can drive. He can drive the other one. And if it's that important to your ex-husband and his future wife for them to have haircuts, they'll make them go get haircuts. Uh, Yeah, you're right. And and I look at that too, just more like on a broader global piece where Mm -hmm. even last week, there was a bunch of proms happening and I was seeing everyone's pictures and all of these kids, I mean, they don't even look like kids. They look like these stunning young adults. We did not look like... Not at all. Are you kidding me? Not at all. But I'm looking at these girls who just look absolutely breathtaking. And I'm looking at these young men who I remember most of them when they were little kids. And they're just these dashing, gorgeous Mm -hmm. high school kids. But I'm looking at their hair and I'm like, how did you guys not get haircuts for the prom? Like, what is that? That's the style now with the mop in the front and it's like falling. We just had this conversation in my house. It was my husband's like, he has to get a haircut for our trip. And I'm like, he likes it long in the front. Like, you know, and he's like, no, he has to get a haircut. I said, how about we trim it a little bit? But like, that's Awful. how they like it. But yes, I understand that would not be what they look like at your wedding. It's, it's what, the, or prom. The whole thing, yeah. I think it's really just control. You know, I, I said to my kid three times, even just yesterday, how are you doing on the speech? Do you need my help? And now months ago, my son had asked, said to me, mom, that would, you would help me? Would That would be amazing. And I, are you, I kept it's saying, thing. of course, like Ali, I'll write it for you. But then I like my micromanagement, like if he practiced and he didn't have the emphasis on the right syllable and if he didn't like pause at the, and then I realized, you know what, Rachel, again, back off. This is not my domain. It's just yeah. not. And it creates the, anxiety for you it too. Did. It, well, it did. It started creating anxiety that, it's not mine anymore. The other thing I was worried about, my son is taking his girlfriend to the wedding, which I think is so fantastic. And I would love to see a picture of the two of them and all that. But then I got all nervous. I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a minute. If you have to be there early, I would imagine, like for photographs or whatever, like how is she getting there? And then even more importantly, I was concerned, you're not allowed to drive after 11 o'clock. Like if the wedding goes later than 11 o'clock, how is she going to get home? And I'm like all Rachel, worked up about this. Rachel, there's people at the wedding that I get them home. And I know, but I got call an all Uber. out of shape. Yeah, yeah. Just, look, they still have a parent, albeit a distracted parent on the night of a wedding, but there's yeah. still a legal guardian there that has responsibilities. So everybody will be fine. I'm sure Andy has parents or siblings or friends that are there that will watch over your children and make sure that everybody is fine. So don't stress yourself out about that. You have bigger fish to fry right now and getting over COVID. But it is a testament to the fact that you do care enough because what you were saying before and what I was saying as well is that that is not usually how it happens. I was very blessed to... Well, I was going to say I was very blessed to have parents that divorce, which might be a true statement. Um, It was definitely a good thing that had happened. 
But my family was a blended family. And it was very interesting to see the evolution of that, where we would do holiday dinners, both sides of the family together with the grandparents and all the stepkids and all of that stuff. But it was very interesting to see how over time, as we got older, now we were teenagers when our parents got divorced. I was a freshman, sophomore in high school, somewhere around there. And I watched the evolution that by the time I went to college and came home, it wasn't the same. Like they did it to keep us all together when we were in high school and they were cordial to each other. But the less and less we were dependent on them, the less and less they integrated and blended. And we started doing holiday dinners separately. And it was never because of a falling out. It was just because it wasn't as important for the kids to see them all together. And truthfully, yeah, it's fine. And they liked each other, I'm sure, to some degree. But like, did they have to be at dinners together or have to be at the celebrations? Not really. But it was lovely that we were never in that situation feeling like we had to choose or had to divide. So I think that's great. But again, an anomaly. What I was going to tell you before when you said that your kid's soon-to-be stepmom reached out and said, you know, Rach, like, I need your help right now. Like, they have to come to our house and blah, blah, blah. There would be a lot of families, unfortunately, where whoever had custody of the kids that day would not be giving up their kids. Whether they had COVID or didn't have COVID, they would say, nope, I get them Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or I get them on the weekend or what have you. And just out of spite and because of their own selfish and unresolved feelings about all this, they would say, nope, sorry, it's on you. So it's everywhere in between. I'd love to throw this out to the listeners because when you say that, I get like a pit in my stomach because I absolutely cannot identify with that. And not to say that we're like so kumbaya that I was even going to the wedding. I mean, it's interesting because a couple people said to me, oh my God, so you can't go to the wedding now? And I was like, well, first of all, I'm not even invited to the wedding. But a couple people did ask me over the course of time, are you invited? Are you going? Because we really do all get along. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think that it's appropriate. It's not that incestual. Now, I would argue that if I was at a place in my life, potentially, where I had a constant companion and my kids were integrated with whomever that constant companion was, and then there had been things over the course of time with holidays, events, graduations, things of that nature, that maybe in an alternate universe, it would be kind of like the nouveau 2022 way that like, you know, the ex-spouses are invited to whatever. But that's a stretch. And even for us, the idea of being invited, I'm uncomfortable with that. And I would think it would be very awkward. And I think it's perfectly fine. (laughs) Well, yeah, I agree with you. I can tell you that from our experience when my father married his wife, my mother had no interest in going, nor did my stepmother want her there. And my parents, again, had an amicable divorce. However, there's just a boundary that you are crossing, especially when the new bride or the new groom, whomever it is, is entering in and doesn't want that. And so I think as kids, it was weird for us, if I'm remembering correctly, it was weird for me because we did everything together. So it was like, so why wasn't my mother at the wedding? But I think in hindsight, I really do understand that that was just a crossing of a boundary that just wasn't necessary. And I'm sure whether we're in touch with the feelings, even when it's the best of circumstances and the good feelings and the positive feelings are outweigh the negative ones, there are still feelings underneath there that we may not be in touch with. But I bet my mother sat there and 
if nothing else, absolutely nothing else came out of the feelings, if she only tapped into, seriously, I like got you to be the man that you are and you went and now she's getting the best of you when I had to put all that work in to dealing with the asshole of you, right? I bet that went through my mom's head if not one other feeling went through her head. And there's something to be said about that. Yeah, and I don't feel that way because that's not what our scenario... If anything, I'm humbled and very grateful that my ex-husband found a woman who loves and accepts him for exactly who he is. And Mm -hmm. I would imagine that he loves her for exactly who she is. And I'm not even any part of that equation. And I feel good about that. What I started to say earlier, and I guess we got sidetracked, that I would love to throw out to the listeners is their experience may or may not be being in a blended family as a child, being part of a blended family now that maybe they themselves are divorced and what it looks like when their children now have introduced another parents or, you know, bonus step, whatever Mm -hmm. we call it these days, what the dynamics feel like with siblings for that matter. I feel now that I have a soft spot, if you will, Mm -hmm. for my ex-husband's wife's children. How many does she have? She has two. Okay. And I don't know them very, very well, but Mm -hmm. I know them well enough. And they are part of this, you know, I don't know what the word is necessarily, this overlapping family or a degree of separation family. And I feel adoration for them because mm-hmm. they're part of my children's world. And sure. essentially, like, siblings. these are my kids' siblings now. Yeah. So again, I, I want to throw it out to the listeners. We would love to hear from you guys. What does that feel like? Are you yourselves out there? Do you have stepbrothers and sisters? And how did the dynamics change when that happened in your world? Are you remarried? And how does it feel to be a step parent to someone else's children? How does yeah. it feel to blend together and to, did it to work? take on a new name? Did it work? Does it not work? Do people kind of like, is there this underlying where a family, but you're still on this lane and I'm in this lane. I Again, I don't ask these questions open-endedly or they're not rhetorical. Like I want right. to know, do the dynamics change once the paper is signed and there's another ring on the finger? Or is it just things are status quo, how they've been over the last several years? You know, I would love for our listeners to chime in about that because I can tell you, I could probably give an example of every one of those scenarios through personal connections that I have or patients or just people that I know. So I think the answer is it really all depends on the emotional intelligence and the self-awareness and the communication and the reasons for the divorce and what things have looked like over time, how old the children are. Like I said, my parents kind of stopped when, not that they were ever not nice to each other, but they just kind of stopped going the extra mile when we didn't need them to go the extra mile. I have a very dear friend, and I know she's a listener of the podcast, who I'm sure would call in and if we had the call in line now, but she and her ex-husband, it was brutal when they got divorced. I mean, brutal. And as time went on, they somehow, some way through co-parenting, a child who was struggling, they came together and now they do dinner at each other's houses. The ex-husband is remarried with a child and my friend babysits the child sometimes. It's all these different things that they couldn't believe that they went from really, I mean, 
so awful to such a beautiful, loving family and extended family that I give them such props to get to that place. So like I said, you see the whole gamut of stuff. And I get, I do think in a scenario like mine, I was older, which doesn't mean it's better or worse, but what I got out of my parents splitting up and finding new people and whether they married them or didn't marry them, they were in committed relationships. I got five half sibling ishes. I mean, I'm going to call them ishes that were all within our age range. So two of them, my dad's stepchildren, we went every other year in high school together. I mean, there were three of us in three years. And then there was a year separating the, the second to youngest to the youngest, but we were all in high school together. And one day my stepbrother was in my Spanish class or one year he was in my Spanish class. And one day he leans over to me and he goes, I think I'm wearing your dad's underwear. And I was like, oh my God, first of all, that is so gross. And second of all, you're a germphobe and I can't believe that you're still sitting here and haven't changed out of it. But those are the fun moments of I've acquired five new siblings through the whole process. So if nothing else came out of that, I was grateful for that. And that's a blend. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a real blend. So I think like it was James Bond who says shaken, not stirred, right? And in your case, and in this case too, I want to say with my kids, it's like we were stirred a bit but we're shaking no more. Mm, and love that. it's kind of cool. And I do think you got to be shook a little in the beginning. You got to stir mm-hmm. a little because it's just, it, none of it is natural and it's awkward and it's confusing. And it's certainly when there's children involved. But if you can get through whatever that recipe is, that it doesn't have to be so shook anymore. Yeah. And and kind then of, things go down smoothly. Yeah, it's kind of like the the snow globe. It all settles at some point if you're willing to settle and to let go of some of the raw emotions and kind of get out of your own space and see that even in divorce, you know, when a lot of people go through divorce, I, I always encourage them that if we can imagine what time does, a lot of things kind of change perspective as we get through time. And even when it's the worst case scenario and somebody hurts somebody so terribly, sometimes it can be the best thing that could happen because everybody finds different paths to work through stuff that never would have come up and they find happier journeys and happier destinations. And so I always tell people what it looks like when you first stir it does not... I don't use that word, but now I will when you first stir it or, or shake it is not necessarily how it's going to settle. Yeah. And I do think, you know, again, as cliche as it sounds, you know, we hate cliches, but everything does happen for a reason. And things do have a way of working out the way that it's supposed to. And I'll end on this note. Back in January, it was my son's birthday. Remember, we Mm -hmm. had the big episode where we talked about the driver's license and how worked up I was about it. And for his birthday, he took a bunch of friends out for dinner but myself and my husband and his fiance at the time, we had dinner. We took them all out, but we sat at a separate table. Mm. And in all these years, even though we all do get along very well, we've never been at a restaurant together where now the three of us are sitting there at one table and the kids are off doing their own thing at another. And I have to tell you, there was a moment that was like, this is so weird. And we all like had like a little awkwardness of like silence, but then we kind of like laughed our way through it. 
And then we had made this toast, obviously to our son who was having a birthday and that's why we were together. But how grateful we are that we can be in a place where we're sitting together Mm. and breaking bread and celebrating and that there isn't animosity. And I had kind of toasted to her, to the soon-to-be, you know, stepmom, how grateful I am that my kid, not only that Andy has found you, but that my kids get more people to love and another person to love them. And like how to... Listen, we all know it's so hard to be a mom. My kids now, if they get two moms, I mean, two moms for the price of one, that (laughs) sounds great. And it just helps me out. And so we had this emotional moment and she even got emotional to say that she feels as though, you know, finding Andy and the boys was a gift from whatever Mm -hmm. was going on in her world prior to meeting Andy. And it was just such a nice moment. And... I always say, I don't wish anything bad on anyone. Divorce is never, ever, 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 ever anything that I say, you know, get on that line and sign up for. But things do materialize exactly how they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. And life does go on and people move on. And there is sunshine on the other side of a Mm -hmm. rainstorm. And there are rainbows. And I'm just so happy to be able to say today that I couldn't be happier for my family. And they'll always be my family. You know, we raise children together and and we're connected forever. But I couldn't be happier. And, And to me, selfishly, I feel like I'm dedicating this podcast episode today to their wedding. And I wish them a zillion years of beautiful bliss and in hopes that my kids now get to see what a loving, real marriage and what a happy, healthy relationship should look like under one roof. Yeah, that's so beautiful, Rach. And so big of you to be able to get to that place and really see all the beautiful things that came from this and and really came from a lot of hard work between the two of you guys. Because like you said, nobody wants to jump on the divorce lane, right? But you did say something that I want to just extrapolate as an overarching message for everybody is that, and I'm going to miss say it, but there is sunshine after the rain, so to speak. And I think we have to remember that for everything. Just when we think that we're never going to get through it, or just when we think that, oh my God, I dug myself so deep into something that I'm never, I made a big mistake, or I shouldn't have done that, or I regret this, or oh my God, it's so much harder doing this. Time heals and time gets us places. And we just have to keep giving ourselves the reassurance and the support to ourselves and from other people and the love and the compassion and all the the hardest of emotions to give ourselves that we so oftentimes give others so easily. We do need to be kind to ourselves and give ourselves those experiences because like we said, on the other side, it looks very, very different and some great things come out of our hardest, hardest moments. So if we take nothing else besides that and a congratulations to your ex and your children and the soon-to-be bride and only health and happiness to them and to you and to your children so that there will be one day two homes that show love and happiness and what it means to truly come together and create a family. So. There you go. I feel like we should have a glass now to like break and say, Mazel tov. <laughs> we totally could. I'm sure if you wait five minutes, something will crash off of my desk. I know. And we right. can say Mazel tov or right. Opa or any other thing. I know. I know. So. Oh my. And I'm like dripping. So I don't know if it's like now like the finality of this all that like, oh my God, this is happening. Is that why I'm like dripping sweat right now? Or no, I don't know. Maybe it's because I have COVID. I think it's and- with COVID. <laughs> I do. And I'm 
sweating. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to call it. We're going to wrap this up today okay. because I, out of due respect for Rachel, want you to get some rest. And I can't believe that you rallied to do this. But again, a testament to you stepping up and seeing that this is a gift that you can give other people for showing up today. And thank you for the time that you gave me. Thank you, Dr. Boca. To the listeners out there, again, let us know if you have any firsthand information, stories, or comments, or anything you want to share with us about being part of a blended family as a child or as an adult, please reach out to us, unpolishedtherapy at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at unpolishedtherapy, and also, of course, on Twitter at untherapy. But we love spending our days with you. We'll see you next week on the corner of Audacity and Advice where our wheels and yours get spun upside down. Thanks, Dr. Boca. Have a great week. You too. Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone. Like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage.